Welcome to episode 7 of Golf Betting System Podcast. We're covering this week the Irish Open, the 2017 Irish Open. Steve Bamford here from Golf Betting System as ever. And I have my partner in crime on the podcast, our resident guest, Barry O'Hanrahan from A Good Talk Spoiled. How are you, Barry? I'm very good, thanks, Steve. Good to be back. Your your home open. It is, yeah. Uh, even though it's a it's a long way away from where I am, it's a, it's a good four hours in the car. So uh, the uh, the trip up may or may not happen this week, depending on uh, on uh, how my week pans out. Are you are you seriously considering it? Um, there, yeah, something might come into play where I can go up on Sunday and stay up there. And yeah, anyway, it's it's a long shot, but uh, you know, long shots sometimes pay off. So we'll see how Absolutely. we'll see how it goes. And I know you've got a couple of crackers that you're going to talk to the uh, talk to the listeners about. Steve Bamford, um, I'm available at Bamford Golf. Barry is available on his Twitter handle of a good talk golf. Of course, golf betting system uh, number one free resource in the United Kingdom and Ireland for golf betting tips, golf betting data. Our patented patented that's a good word. Our <laughs> unique predictor models. It's all free of charge. Loads of information and data available on both tournaments this week, but we're going to focus on the Irish Open. You're also more than welcome to join our Golf Betting System Facebook group, which is easy to find on Facebook. Just use Facebook search. I'll also put a link to all of this information beneath the podcast so that you can look at all the information if you're downloading. The 2017 Irish Open, it's the third, if I'm correct, the third Rolex uh, Masters. Is it the Rolex Masters they're calling it, or the Rolex Series event? So uh, clearly we started off with Alexander Noren winning at Wentworth last week. Tommy Fleetwood won a fantastic victory at uh, the Le Golf National. And we then we now move on to Rory McIlroy's Irish Open. The field, I must say, does look rather stellar. I'm slightly disappointed, and I think probably Rory would be if he was being honest, that there aren't a few of his American friends that have come over. But we've got Rory McIlroy at the head of betting affairs. The biggest price I'm seeing right now is 7-1. to one. You've got Hideki Matsuama available at 10s. We've got... The Beast Rambo, John Rahm at 16s, Justin Rose at 16s, Tommy Fleetwood has just withdrawn, uh, we've got Thomas Peters at 25s, Rafael Cabrera Bello and Matthew Fitzpatrick at 33-1. to So those are the bigger names at the top of the leaderboard, uh, or, sorry, at the top of the odds, uh, odds comparison at the moment, but we can go into a little bit more detail. Now, Barry, tell me a little bit about the host course this week. I I understand from reading Paul's preview, which is going to be available first thing Tuesday morning, that it was a bit of a late decision to actually take the tournament to uh, Paul Stewart. Uh, Yeah, it was supposed to be at Lockern, but I I like uh, we're getting back to uh, maybe the rotation between uh, Lynx and then Parkland one year after the alternating years is good so we were at uh, the K Club uh, Ryder Cup Palmer course last year so it's nice to be back to a Lynx course um, 
This, by, from, from what I've read on Paul's report and a few other bits and pieces I've found around the internet, the course is in uh, lovely condition. Um, it won't be super fast, unfortunately. There's a, there's a bit of, been a bit of rain, so um, that means the guys are going to score pretty well this week because uh, you have a slightly soft, you know, a soft-ish golf course. Um, and particularly with Thursday and Friday, the winds look like they're quite low, uh, maybe 8, 10 kilometers an hour. So, you know, even if you kind of multiply that by 1.5 because you're right by the coast they're still very very playable um to, to me it's hard to find it was hard to find supremely accurate information about the course it was more just a kind of a feel about what you know, it's kind of pull, pulling together feelings about it um it seems quite wide off the tee um and from that uh, i would have to say that it's going to be uh, greens and regulation the second shot course this weekend if your irons are on form and uh, you know even a little bit of a short game about you, you can you can definitely get yourself uh, going well. Um, you know if 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 the weather changes between now and Thursday, which uh, it's it's Monday now, and it, it, it easily could, you could end up with a draw bias, much like we see every year in the uh, Open Championship. So certainly worth keep bearing that in mind if you're looking for for bets um, or even for fantasy golf or DraftKings. Um, you might you might be might be wise to hang on just a little bit later in the week. You might sacrifice a little bit on the price, but you might get a a, fa- a more favourable draw for your guys. So, just just for listeners, just to break it down a little bit, um, clearly um, Ulster based event this year. And if you're looking at that in terms of past results, 2012 it was the event was hosted at Royal Port Rush. I remember that that was an absolute beast of golf course. And 2015 was also hosted at Royal County Down, which again was another challenging golf course. They're actually saying that uh, the the course this week will play, and um, as Barry said, especially now with the European Tour website being as it is, sometimes the the information isn't the most accurate, but Port Stewart Strands course, 7,118 yard par 72. So a traditional layout of four par threes, ten par fours, and four par fives. Par threes are varied, 143 yards being the shortest, with it, which is the sixth, up to 218 yards, which is the third hole. Par fours tend to be quite standard, so 366 through 471. Um, but the par fives are an interesting bunch as well. You've got 516 and 522 yards. Your eyes light up as soon as you read those numbers. 555 yards and the longest is 583. So as Barry and I were just discussing off, off uh, live record effectively, you know, two of those, even maybe three of those par fives are going to be reachable for pretty much the whole field. 583 yards is a little bit of a stretch for the shorter hitters. But you can kind of see power on those par fives being a massive advantage. Barrier tone to this earlier. Uh, there has been some rain in the area. It looks like there might be some rain building up. So I don't think the organisers have got the uh, the stimp speeds that they were looking for. And, of course, it's links Golf. Anything can happen weather-wise. But if you're looking at the forecast right now, it looks... Pretty tranquil, you know, there's going to be a breeze in play, but nothing more than around about 10 to 15 miles an hour over the weekend and a little bit lighter Thursday and Friday. So this could be, could be a low scoring event because as we know with Lynx Golf, 
you know, if you've got um, a soft course and little wind in, in lots of uh, instances, especially if it's pretty wide off the tee, which this looks like, so there are there is the um, the availability to be able to score on these courses. But you have to be a bit of a plotter. You certainly have to be a second shot golfer. It's all going to be about the approach play this week and high GIR would not be a bad shout. Right, okay, Barry. Um, we'll quickly run through those at the top of the market. Um, you look at the course, you could you could see it actually suiting Rory McIlroy. There's no doubt about that. Um, his tee to green game was very, very consistent last time out at the Travellers. The putter, as ever, misfired. But as we know with Rory... Once he's confident with that driver and he's confident with those approaches, the putter always follows. What what do you think his chances are this week at seven to one? I mean, he's hitting he's hitting the driver very very well at the moment, very long, and you know some of those par fours, depending if there's a little bit of a helping breeze, will be accessible to him in one, giving you know possibly giving setting himself up for eagle chances. So. You know, if if he has managed to settle on a putter and at least gets a consistent feeling with it, we all know that Rory doesn't have to be uh, putting great on the week. He might, he might just need to be putting average or just slightly better than average for the week to, you know, in combination with his great long game. So, um, the, the one thing I was worried about Rory in this tournament was, you know, the, the hosting duties and getting distracted by that. But uh, clearly, that's not an issue um, as he went, as he's won it. So absolutely, yeah. Um, he'll have he'll have good vibes being uh, you know back up the north and uh, you know seven to one against what is what you were saying was correct probably a slightly disappointing field he might have felt he could have got a slightly stronger field uh, so uh, seven to one is a good price on Rory in any tournament he's playing in um, especially with the signs he was showing towards the end of last week I, I know it might have seemed like he was a basket case trying out all those putters but. At the same time, if you have to go through kind of a crazy process in order to clear your mind of all the rubbish and, and eventually settle on one and feel comfortable with it, then, you know, the uh, it's, a, it's a good means to an end as far as I'm concerned. And if his mind is at peace with that putter, then away he goes. It's interesting as well. I mean, Paul's put this in his preview. If you actually look at past winners of this, like Rory Soren Kjeldsen, I'll just read through the prices just for the uh, for the listeners. McElroy won this at four to one last year. So you think I oh, was seven to one? It's a terrible price. Well, actually, it's virtually double what he won at last year. Now, clearly, you'd need to look into his form rolling into uh, last year, and it, and I'll read it out for you. He was fourth, tenth, fourth, and twelfth. You can see why he was four to one. Uh, a win was imminent. Um, Soren Kjelson was one hundred and fifty to one. Uh, Mikko Ilonen in twenty fourteen was eighties, and Paul Casey. In 2013, was 50 to one. Jamie Donaldson was 66 to one. So there's some there's some hope there that a very good price winner uh, might be available this week. Uh, you go back to 2010. Fisher won at 20 to one, and Simon Dyson at 25 to one. But there's also a fact here, something around the lines of previous winners here, going back to Jamie Donaldson, have all had a top 13 in the event prior to actually winning it. So. If you see a player and there's a lot of rubbish and um, no real successful finishes against his name, that might be something that really does strike him off the list this week. So, yeah, McElroy through Donaldson and those in between, they'd all have had at least a 13th prior 
to winning uh, at the Irish Open. So that's that's interesting in terms of local uh, knowledge and just you know enjoying the challenge of of, of Irish golf. Um, next up, Matsuama. He doesn't grab me, Hideki. I mean, he played really well at the US Open, clearly, but he doesn't grab me as a, a link style golfer. I know that I think he had a top 10 finish at the at Muirfield back in 2013 in the Open. Um, thing is, he's a greens and regulation monster, and as we saw at, um, at the US Open, it wasn't actually his long game that, that, that was consistent that week. He had an absolutely brilliant week with the putter which went against everything that he'd been doing leading up into the US Open itself? Yeah, at this stage with Hideki, I'm going to stop making predictions because, you know, uh, <laughs> I was saying we shouldn't even be talking about him when he was coming into the US Open, that his game was all over the place. He was, you know, he could barely hold on to the club with one hand or uh, for whatever reason he was doing it. And then, of course, he goes and plays like that and shoots a, a fifth and... You know, putting like that, he can pull his long game back into any sort of shape like it was at the end of last year. Yeah, he's he's definitely you got to watch him in the in the coming weeks. I would be with you though on the the links golf aspect of can he handle the wins if they really get up to proper link speed. Um, the medium calm conditions, yeah, I'm sure he'll have no problem with that. But if they really start to blow, um, does his lack of experience in those conditions uh, start to show itself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the thing with Lynx Golf, and as we as we certainly see at the Open, you know, with the amount of experienced winners, you know, your Zach Johnsons, your Henrik Stensons, uh, guys of that ilk, um, age really does bring maturity in terms of of Lynx Golf. Um, John Rahm, Justin Rose, they're they're level priced at sixteen to one each. It's nice to see John Rahm across. It was interesting to see how he got on at uh, the Golf National last week. Chances, do you think? He, uh, he's he got the skills to play um, on any golf course, as far as I can see. Um, even ones that he hasn't seen that you know before. I, I didn't think he'd go well last week at the Golf National. So it's a very difficult golf course to take on. Um, on your on your first go out in a, in a you know on, in tournament conditions, and he played very well. So, yeah, he seems to just have it. Uh, super talented guy. Um, but he doesn't. He wouldn't fit into my bets this week. I have a, a betting angle this week, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> the other thing with Ram is, I mean, he did, he, his first PJ Tour title was at Torrey Pines next to the coast in America. That's an interesting line. Um, Justin Rose, he just seems to be misfiring a little bit for Rose. Didn't he? I know there was quite a lot of interest in in Justin before the US Open. Long golf course, going to be quite receptive, you know, someone that could hit the ball a long way and straight. It was right up his alley and he, he did absolutely nothing at Heron Hills. So uh, I'd be loath to go with Justin. I personally, that's you, you kind of, with Justin for me. You always get a great big bang on the back of the head when he's about to win. He normally finishes sixth or seventh the week or the the tournament before, and it's often the week before he wins. And um, he normally finishes in the top three or four for greens in regulation. You just jump on board and you, and you take your win. But I don't see that with Justin at the moment. Yeah, um, I'd be wary about Justin though. He does that. That bang seems to come after a very quiet period, though. That that sixth or seventh. Mm. So, you know, he he could be a if you could get him at a decent price for the open anti post, he could be a sneaky good bet. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's that's the thing. It's, he's a funny one. Um, he's been almost too quiet for too long. You're nearly getting suspicious at this stage. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, just I've got th- I've got I've got three picks here that I know that Paul is going to place in his preview, which is available tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So I'll run you through those. Um, I'm I know for a fact that at twenty five to one, I'm not saying he's going to pick him because I don't know. I can't read the guy's mind. But I know that he's very, very, very close to picking him, and that is Thomas Peters, who played some. He was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance last week over in Paris, wasn't it? You know, he was sublime in the first round. Uh, second round, he came out um, was seven, eight under, and then all of a sudden, he started dropping shots. Saturday, um, didn't he uh, break his driver, snap that in half? And from that point onwards, he, he turned into a bit of a blubbering mess across the rest of the tournament. But if if Pete Cowan can calm him down, we know that Peters can shoot very, very low scores. We know that he plays well on a soft golf course that can obviously take, uh, that's receptive to, to his second approach shots. We know he's got the power. And he's also got a decent enough links record um, clearly a winner at the KLM Open. Um, I think it was last year he won that on his way to European Tour qualification. So Peters, I think that's one that might become very, very close for Paul. I'm not suggesting that he does, but that's one that I know he's very much considering. And Thomas Peters links in very well with your betting strategy this week, so we'll keep the listeners on tender hooks on that one. I know one. Pl- I, I know three players that Paul's definitely going to tip up. The first one is Tor Torbjorn Olsen, thirty-three to one, and of course he played exceptionally well last week um, in in uh, Paris, and he's got a great um, great links record. Of course, he won the Dunhill Links, previous winner of that. Um, he was eighteenth at the twenty twelve Irish Open at Port Rush. Uh, he's so in the top 20 there um, you just get the feeling with him that a big win is around the corner for Tior Bjorn and um, he's a very very talented golfer and again his geography fits in very well with uh, with your strategy this week go on you go you you, you tell the listeners where you're at with your uh, with your betting strategy this week my betting strategy we're at the north of Ireland this week on the northern tip and as calm as they say the weather is going to be, there's always a lot more to it than the actual uh, stats would show about the weather. Um, and anybody that's played Lynx golf around the coast of Ireland will, will know that for sure. Whatever the weather app says, it usually is not. Um, so my strategy this week is a latitude bet. And I predict that the winner will, and guys who play well, but ultimately the winner will be from Ireland, UK, or north of that in, in the latitude. And... Funny enough, it was a little bit of a whim the idea came to my head, but when I mentioned it to you, you went rooting through all the previous winners for the last few years, and they all fit that. Uh, they all fit into inside that stat. Or um, well, let's just let's just let's, let's firm those up for the listeners. I, I've mentioned it once, but you know, listen to this: Fisher, twenty ten English; Simon Dyson, twenty eleven from the north of England; twenty twelve Jamie Don- Donaldson from the north of Wales. 2013, Paul Casey. He's from Surrey, but we'll take that. 
Then we go Mikko Illinen, the Finn, 2014. Soren Kjeldsen, the Dane, in 2015. And good old Rory McIlroy in 2016. Now, that's that's surely proof in the pudding. <laughs> that's, that's proof in the pudding, Barry, surely. So, you can pretty much knock out most of France and below half of Germany, Austria. So, you know, we're, we're, kind of, we're looking at you know, Ireland, <laughs> Belgium, um, the Netherlands... Mm. Uh, yeah, any, 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 any Scandinavian country, yeah. Anywhere in the UK and the Scandinavian countries, yeah. So uh, that's that's my theory. Anyway, we'll see if it, we'll see if it holds firm uh, with the winner this week. Um, who's who's your, who's your first player that fits into that theory? Uh, <clears throat> towards towards the top end of the market, I would. Pro- I'm looking. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick and um, Lee Westwood. Green and regulation monsters. Westy's shown a bit of form. Um, the eternal question with Westy is: Can he get across the line and actually win a golf tournament, or can he just put himself in a bit, in a good position and uh, crush his uh, his backers' hopes down the stretch? Um, and, and Fitzpatrick has been flattering him, flattering to deceive a little bit recently, but he had an eighth in uh, Royal County Down a couple of years back. And you know he's a couple of good performances there about five or six weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I know we missed a cut last week, but that can also present itself an opportunity to focus yourself and work on the things that weren't working and uh, give yourself a fresh start this week. So we know he can play well in links golf courses. So Matthew Fitzpatrick and Lee Westwood, they're my kind of uh, top end of the market bets. Uh, that fit I think I think Fitz, yeah, Fitz, Fitzpatrick's also got previous of winning straight off missed cuts, so I, I, I wouldn't let that put off the listeners. And and the thing with Lee, of course, is he's he's actually fifty to one with Coral right now, which is seven places each way, fifty odds. So uh, that does look like quite a juicy uh, price for a player that we know is uh, an absolute links course monster. Now that we're getting into the longer prices, one thing I just want to highlight for listeners. Um, Betfair now, Betfair Sportsbook, so not the exchange, the sportsbook, the fixed odds, they are now um, running effectively the um, same each way places as Paddy Power because, of course, they're the same parent company now. So Paddy Power have been running seven places of 50 odds for a period of time. Betfair for the last three to four weeks have been doing exactly the same and they've done exactly the same this week. So you can get seven places of 50 odds both at the Irish Open, but also at the Green Greenbrier Classic this week on the PGA Tour. There's also, of course, you can be a Paddy Power customer. Clearly, if you are a Paddy Power customer and yet haven't got a Betfair Sportsbook account, you can grab a £30 or €30 Euro free bet with Betfair. And they're also doing an interesting £100 welcome bonus for... Uh, residents of the UK, so you can choose between a hundred pound welcome bonus or a thirty pound free bet in the United Kingdom. Irish listeners, thirty pound free bet, completely legitimately available via Betfair Sportsbook. But effectively, these days, you are getting the same each way terms, and you are getting exactly the same odds as you would be getting on Paddy Power. So there's one for you as well, Barry. So uh, in int- well, it's an interesting angle, isn't it? So you can effectively. Get exactly the same odds and exactly the same each way places with Betfair Sportsbook. They're effectively running the same book across both bookmakers. But of course, you can open up a new free bet or a bonus with Betfair Sportsbook. And those seven places each way across both PGA Tour and European Tour events, they've been doing that now for the last four consecutive weeks. So there's an angle for listeners. 
Um, I'll go on to Paul's second selection now. And he's very, very sweet on the Irishman Paul Dunn this week at 66-1. to one. Um, He thinks that uh, Dunn's clearly got some uh, links background to him. Open 2015, he led after 54 holes as an amateur. He should hit more fairways and greens here this week because the fairways are a lot wider than France. And he played well last week. Um, he finished, uh, th- it was threes in his eight, oh, threes, uh, seven threes in his last eight holes at the Open de France last week to finish in 13th position. So he's got big, big momentum. And at 66 to 1, Paul thinks that Paul, uh, Paul Dunn, who's clearly got an excellent short game, a fantastic putter, and he likes these these kind of greens. He was uh, he putted very well when he was sixth at the Tishwani Open down in South Africa, and he was also uh, second at the Hassan Der tournament, which again were Bentgrass Poa Poana greens when he was 1.58 per putt per GIR. So Paul really does like the look of him. He putted extremely well last week. So Paul done 66 to one. Over to you. Who's next for you? And who's next for me? I'm I'm going I'm going swinging super long here. So a couple of uh, a couple of Scandinavians. Lucas Bjerregard. He's been a little messy recently, but he does have a an 18th to his name two years ago in Royal County Down. Um, so you know has a bit of links form. He's a seventh to his name four weeks ago, coming off the back of uh, a couple of poor weeks. But you know that's that ref- that is reflected in his price. He's uh, widely around there, one hundred and seventy-five to one. So uh, you know long shot there, but uh, you never know what could happen. The other one I really fancy, and since I mentioned him to you before the show, he's gone from one hundred and seventy-five to one to one hundred and fifty to one. So I'm pretty sure somebody is spying on my bets um, or my shortlist. Oh, clearly is yeah, Rickard Carlberg who can really turn it on when he wants to. He likes the Irish Open in the last couple of years. He was 10th last year in the K Club, 21st in Royal County Down. He was 45th last week in the Golf National, but he was 5th the week before. So he's in good form, has good previous here in Ireland, and he is available around uh, in various uh, bookies at 150 to 1. So I absolutely love that bet. And you pointed out to me too, um, I'm going to finish off with a couple of first round leader bets as well, that he is uh, quite adept at getting off to a fast start in tournaments. He was 8th after round 1 last week and was a 5th after round 1 the week before. He was 6th sixth at the BMW International Open, yeah, so 8th and 6th in his last two appearances. First round. So somebody who likes playing in Ireland and gets off to fast starts, um, I will need to just check, I'll check that while I'm t- talking about the next guy, or I wonder is that market even up yet, uh, Steve, I'll have to figure it out. Um, the other one who will be super long in that is Nicholas Fast. Um, Nicholas has shown a little bit of, uh, you know, people, will, long-term fans of the European Tour will know the name, Um He's had a little bit of form the last couple of weeks with a 20th and a 32nd. And um, he had a 10th in Royal Port, sorry, Royal County Down two years ago. So knows how to play Lynx golf and you know likes playing in Ireland. So I don't think he's quite come back to the full form to win a tournament again. But could be a very good shout for a first round leader. A uh, guy who's playing pretty decent and has good form on Lynx golf. He, will, he should be available at very big odds for a first round leader. 
Carlberg, there's there's a first round leader price up with Coral right now. It's a very early day. It's a hundred to one available on Ricard Carlberg. I'm all over that. And yeah, the the fact of the matter is he is a very very fast starter, and we know that he prefers prefers lower um, scoring tournaments. So I think the course this week should really fall into his uh, into his. Um, area of expertise. I, I think that's a decent tip. I really do, Ricard Kelburn. Just fed Nicholas Fast is two hundred and fifty to one. So a uh, little bit of holiday money there. <laughs> so so let me get this straight. You've gone Swede, Swede, and you've also gone for a day. Yeah, yeah, and then you've gone for two Englishmen as well. Yeah. Paul's gone Dane, Irishman. He's very very tempted on a Belgian. <laughs> It almost sounds like he was in some kind of boat, you know, Belgian bun or something. But he's also going for a Welshman. He's going for Bradley Dredge at 100 to 1. And it, Dredge's record here is absolutely phenomenal. Seems to come alive in this event. Event form of five top tens in his last nine starts in the Irish Open. I mean, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Five top tens in his last nine starts. An excellent putter, as we know. He was sixth for scrambling last week in France. He was top 20 for greens in regulation, which is a very good number for him. Because as you know, Dredge, he's a, he's, he really is a, a bit of a plotter. He's a bit of a scrambler and a putter, isn't he? Should have a lot of chances to get the putter going this week on softer greens, which are quite chunky in their size. So Paul thinks 100-1 to 1 on Bradley Dredge. Yes, unlikely to win. We know that he doesn't convert many, but... He's always one of those players where you sit there after the first, you know, the first few holes, and he's already five, four or five hundred. And you just you slap your forehead and you go, "Oh, bloody Bradley Dredge! I wish I'd have backed him this week." So, so, so Paul's going Dredge, Dunn, and Tior Bjorn Olsen. They're the three that we know he's going for tomorrow morning when he release, releases um, his tip preview of course we're going to be releasing uh, the podcast tomorrow morning as well so they should coincide this is Tuesday, Tuesday want, morning correct for those Tuesday yeah, morning yeah. yes do you, want, do, you, do you want to firm up just to uh, just to firm up again who you're going for as well Barry? okay in around the market leaders I'm going with Fitzpatrick and Westwood and uh, some long odds glory with um, Lucas Bjergaard Richard Karlberg and um, I guess uh, the island buying uh, ability if you back Nicholas Fast at four hundred to one. Do you, do you just as a general question before we end? Do you think that the extra um, impetus, the fact that now it's part of the uh, it's part of the Rolex series and, and the extra um, publicity and the media attention that that's come with the new kind of style, is that helping Irish golf in general? Or is is it is it making an impact across there in terms of just helping the sport? I think it's going to be it's going to be a few years before I really see the impact of it. I, th- I think um, for a country as a whole and getting more people to see Ireland as a destination to go golfing and be more on the tourism side of things, it will benefit ultimately, and we'll see that uh, really pay pay dividends over the next few years. I'm sure people see it, and if we can hold this spot two weeks in advance of the Open Championship as part of this fantastic link swing the European Tour has, yeah. it's it's only going to go from strength to strength and. I think you might see in you know future years you might see a few more Americans filter over a couple of weeks earlier and 
to play the Irish Open as part of their preparation and maybe not play the Scottish Open. Maybe go, you know, play the Irish Open, take a few days off and then arrive at the Open Championship venue a few days earlier to get themselves prepared, you know. So the Irish Open might take, you know, that might form a better part of some people's preparation for the Open Championship than playing the week before in Scotland. So um, I think that the calendar switch was an absolute, it was one of the best things that could have happened. It. And uh, I, th- I think it's only going to go uh, from strength to strength now with the, the Rolex status and Rory behind it on the calendar. It's, it's, uh, it's brilliant. I think that was the hope of the organisers to get a few more of the PGA Tour um, Americans across to just, like you said, to use it as their preparation instead of the Scottish Open. That doesn't appear to have happened this year. But, you know, maybe, and as you said, if that's going to be um, steadfast part of the schedule, Irish Open, Scottish Open, Open Championship, you, you can see it being a case where m- more Americans actually start to play the Irish Open, which will only, will only of course, bring further strength to the tournament. Thank you for your time this evening, Barry. It's been most appreciated. As I said at the top of the show, Barry's Twitter handle is a good talk golf. I'm available at Bamford Golf. Um, it's going to be a great tournament, the Irish Open, and we hopefully will be doing another episode next week for the Scottish Open, and we will definitely of course, be doing a podcast version or a podcast episode for the Open Championship in a fortnight's time. Thanks for listening. We had an amazing 1,600 downloads of our US Open podcast, so we're very, very um, pleased and very privileged that you're downloading our podcast in such great numbers. Keep it going. Thanks very much, and uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye.